Hey there, everybody. It's Tina Conrad, aka DJ Breast Cancer, and I'm here with a very special guest. She is going to check our boxes in terms of cancer survivor and in terms of mental health. Um, so she uh, is a cancer survivor. She also um, works in the area of mental health. So we'll get into that. And um, she's just had a wild and crazy ride um, about the last year and a half. So we'll kind of talk on that. So welcome, Michelle. I'm so glad to have you on DJ Breast Cancer. Thanks, Tina. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. So I always say that, you know, the guests probably do the best job of introducing themselves as they know themselves the best. Um, so maybe a little bit about who Michelle is. You are an amazing mom of three girls, I think it is. Yes. Um, so a good girl mom. Um, but if you want to go ahead and maybe let the listeners in on, on who you are, all parts of you. Yeah. So uh, I am a mom of three. I say that first because they run my life. <laughs> um, <laughs> my oldest is three and a half. I have a two-year-old and also my youngest just turned seven months old. So um, it is a very busy household. Uh, I'm also, I work full-time. Uh, I'm a health psychologist and I generally work with people that have um, a chronic medical illness. Um, uh, I worked, I had a private practice in New York City and I recently moved uh, to Washington DC to work at the National Center for Weight and Wellness. Um, and so uh, I mostly, you know, focus on the mental health uh, and behavioral aspects of uh, someone that is uh, struggling with a chronic illness. Yeah, so it's kind of crazy that you went from being this health psychologist researching people who are underserved in cancer diagnoses to then your own cancer diagnosis. But I think, you know, in reading your story and what happened, you really have had like a tremendous like year and a half. Um, so maybe if you want to kind of just, you know, I, I won't spoil it all, but like if you want to maybe tell the listeners a little bit about you know, just that, what the last year and a half has been. Cause honestly, if you want to <laughs> check off every stressor in terms of a person's life, I think you about covered, you know, 95% of them in your, in your last year and a half or so. So it's been a crazy year for you. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, so before I moved, um, I've done research. Um, I worked with people individually and yeah, I worked, um, uh, in a, a long-term research study with underserved cancer uh, patients and survivors throughout the Bronx uh, in New York. Um, and uh, so I, I was certainly familiar with cancer uh, before um, my diagnosis. Uh, in March, just before everything shut down, I moved from New York to DC and I was supposed to go into the office on Monday, but that's when the world sort of or at least the United States kind of shut down. Um, and so I never actually went into the office. Uh, and also my husband did not go into the office. We were working from home. And about maybe a week or so after that, he started developing some really significant symptoms of a cold, we thought. And um, I started feeling a little funny. I also happened to be about two months pregnant. Um, and uh, you know, people are talking about COVID. We weren't quite sure what was going on. And my husband's symptoms were getting worse and worse. And so he met um, over the computer with a doctor and the doctor was trying to get him a, a COVID test and they weren't doing COVID tests really at that point. And because I was pregnant, they, uh, you know, I was able to get a COVID test. I was sure it would be negative, it was positive. So now I was here, you know, uh, about two months pregnant, dealing with some of those early pregnancy symptoms, uh, and I had COVID. And so then there was the question of how is this going to impact the baby? I was talking to virologists, you know, around the country about what, you know, how this could impact, um, uh, you know, the baby growing inside of me. And it was really scary and, mm -hmm. um, and, and really overwhelming. And then on top of, I'm watching these two, you know, basically babies, you know, they were two and, you know, you know a little over one at the time. And so 
I'm managing them. My husband, I, I had to take a little bit of time off to sort of rearrange things. I ended up working nights and weekends. My husband was working nine to five during the week. And so we were just constantly busy. And as my belly was growing and I was getting more and more pregnant, um, you know, uh, we didn't get a break. We didn't get a break at all. You know, we don't have family that can help out nearby. They were the only family nearby where they were dealing with their kids. And so it was, it was uh, messy. Um, and then <laughs> I have the baby. And while in some ways that was easier because I was able to, I had my mobility back, um, that was not easier because now I had three babies to, to manage. <laughs> and so it was, it was crazy. And so I had uh, my daughter in October and when I was breastfeeding her in the, um, in the hospital, I noticed a lump and I brought it up to the doctors, nurses, lactation consultants. And they all said, oh, this is just a milk duct that's um, totally normal. Don't worry about it. They didn't even recommend that I look into it. And so I ignored it. I forgot about it. Um, and then a few months later, I noticed that it was still there. Um, and I uh, followed up with my doctor. My doctor sent me to um, get a mammography and, uh, you know, and I was diagnosed shortly after with, with breast cancer. And so within a year, I moved I had a baby, I had to deal with what everybody else was dealing with COVID and, you know, watching your kids and working and trying to navigate that. Um, and then I had the cancer diagnosis. Wow. And you kind of started it too, or somewhere in there, you also had COVID and, and yeah, I mean, not that it's not scary for anybody at any point in time, but I would have to imagine at that early phase when like, the world did not know really anything and you're pregnant, you know, so all of that, like, and just that fear and that worry and your husband's also sick at the same time, like you've really had a roller coaster of, of a year. So, so basically 2020 <laughs> can, can go, you know, crazy, but you were actually then diagnosed in 21. So like, it, it's even kind of like the craziness, you know, has, has continued. So, so what is your, um, treatment plan or, you know, how, how has your diagnosis been going? Yeah. So, um, I'm HER2 positive and, uh, estrogen receptor positive. And so, um, I am on chemo right now. Uh, luckily I've had a really good, I mean, a not so bad experience, maybe <laughs> I should say, I don't think really good is, is the right way to describe your chemo uh, experience, but it really hasn't been as bad as I imagined. And so I've been able to continue to work. Um, I've been watching my kids. I've been doing basically everything uh, that, that I would be doing without the diagnosis uh, or and without being on chemo. Um, and so, uh, you know, my treatment will it'll be a long one given the estrogen receptor positive um uh part of the the diagnosis um so i'm you know it, it's been interesting too with my work and so i've i've connected with um some previous supervisors and current supervisors and my own uh therapist um and just sort of talking about how the diagnosis is impacting me how i can continue to work and, you know, put my patient's interests uh, first, um, because that's really important to me. Um, you know, at first, I wondered if I could do that, you know, how this would impact how it was impacting me, how I felt, how I was managing that. And so that's been an ongoing conversation, just to make sure that I am providing, you know, the best treatment that I can provide, um, and making sure that, uh, I'm, you know, connected to my own emotions mm -hmm. and, and, you know, how I'm managing this whole process. So it's been, it's, 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 it's extra work. I mean, I think I, in general, um, I think it's really important for all therapists to really, you know, check in with themselves um, and, and have people around them to, to help them check in and, and see how, you know, we're doing emotionally, how we're managing our lives in general, because, you know, cancer diagnosis or not, stuff happens. 
And so I think it's important that we all do that. And I've been doing that, I think a bit extra just to, you know, really make sure that people are checking in on me, that I'm checking in on me and that I'm trying as best I can to notice anything that, that comes up. Yeah. And like, I get that there's like, you know, you, I'm sure you have a support system, you know, you know, through, through online and through different people, but you know, it, it's also hard in these COVID times when you, you know, and you, and you mentioned you don't have family nearby. So how, how does it kind of look like, or, or has it been difficult maybe asking for help maybe when you're used to like kind of taking care of everything yourself? So how does that kind of look, you know, for, for you in these times? I think that's been the hardest part of this, accepting help. Uh, I don't know if I'm at the point of asking for help, um, yeah. <laughs> but accepting help. I think that people, the people around me know me um, and know that I probably won't ask for help or that that's, you know, I think that's hard for a lot of people in general. Mm -hmm. I think it's particularly hard for me. Um, and so people have just offered, they've just shown up physically, um, they, they, you know, I have a close friend who created and, and some family who created a meal train. And so food is just sort of showing up uh, pretty regularly, which has been really helpful um, for me and also, you know, with my family and with my kids. So I think they, they just think like food just sort of comes to people's houses. They have no idea what is happening, um, which has been kind of fun. Um, and really cute to just see they're like is food coming today you know what's <laughs> happening like they just think this random person shows up at people's houses with like a pizza pie um, so that's been kind of fun um, but also I think I think my friends have known that I'm not gonna ask and you know I'm gonna try to figure it out because I don't generally ask I provide the care I've been yeah. providing the care for a long time and that has almost become it's become part of me to, to give, provide, listen. And so I have a lot of friends who check in um, and, and, and that's not a typical dynamic with some of my friends and family, but I think they, knowing me, they've known, you know, this is something that I'm going to do. I, you know, I know Michelle and I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that I, I, you know, make the extra move or you know take the extra step and and check in and or just send things you know it was just incredible how many how much people just sent you know you probably will need this um you know maybe this could be helpful and just the people who I would have never expected reaching out and sending things and so it's been it's been really nice it's been really nice that I have been able to um you know trust uh the people around me that you know when I'm in this this tough place they've been there for me I love that and I love to like delineating between asking for help and accepting help like they are they are two different things I never really thought of it in that way but um that is always my advice like if people just ask like you know my friend just got diagnosed or what can I do and and it's like it's never sometimes enough to just ask, like I said, uh, you know, cancer survivors going through so much stuff. They're trying to make decisions all the time. Their head is just filled with things. So as much I say, just do, just do show up with a gift card, show up with, you know, or, you know, I mean, you can obviously arrange it and make sure it's obviously, you know, like at a good time for the cancer person, but you know, it's like the language that you use can change it too, you know? So like, Hey, you know, I had a friend recently was kind of sick. I'm making you chicken noodle soup and I'm making, you know, uh, masa chuli for your family. What time works for you? I'm showing up. You know what I mean? So it's just kind of the language sometimes um, rather than saying like, what can I do? Because, you know, people want to be of help. But sometimes when you change that language and just say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to give you a gift card to Panera. I'm going to do this, whatever, you know, the thing may be. Um, that your friend needs, but like just doing sometimes and just saying, you know, I'm going to do X when is, you know, good is, you know, going to probably get you the best results in terms of follow through for your, for your good deed. Let's just say. I totally agree with that. Um, when I was first diagnosed that I, I just happened to be talking to someone who's 
um, a friend, but not a very close one. Uh, she's definitely become a close one over the last year, but, um, uh, or, you know, last six months or whatever. But um, she, when I, I just happened to be talking to her and I said, you know, um, I, was, I was diagnosed with breast cancer and she was like, what's your address? And we had dinner that night. Like she didn't, and she just said, I ordered a bunch of random things. And I, I assume one of them will be something that you like. And Aww. so, and she did, I mean, it was, you know, she ordered like, I don't know, four or five meals and she's like, you know, figure it out, <laughs> throw <laughs> it out, eat it, you know, somebody will eat it, whatever happens. And that was really great. And I think that that's been somebody early on, I'll say, you know, one thing that's been so incredible is how, you know, the, the, the network of breast cancer survivors. I mean, once I was diagnosed and I, everyone I talked to was like, I have five friends, let me give you their number and you give them the, I'll give you them your number and we'll connect to you. And, you know, it's, it's almost to the point where there's like too many people um, like survivors that I just know because we've talked about breast cancer that are reaching out, which I love. I mean, it's I'm, sometimes I confuse them because I'm like, wait, is this, uh, you know, it's been <laughs> so helpful. <laughs> exactly. It's, you know what? It's been great because also one of them is really helpful because we're on the same chemo and we can talk about the, the side effects. And another one's really helpful because we're, uh, you know, we're, we're, we, she's had, and I, I will have a similar surgery. And so we can talk about the details about that. And somebody else is really helpful because we can talk on a, a much deeper level and, you know, really connect in, in a different kind of way. Someone else I know is in the area. And so we've met and, um, you know, our kids played in the, at the playground together safely because of COVID, but you know, it was, it was incredible because I, you know, I've been, I'm connected with people across the country um, that other people have, have connected me to. And so that's been, that's been an unbelievable um, help in this, on this journey. And so one of them early on said, just say, thank you. You know, if, somebody calls and they want to do something or they want to send something or they're asking for your address just give them the, your address just say thank you you know process the difficulty uh, you know with with accepting help with like your therapist or your husband or somebody but just accept it and you know work through those feelings elsewhere um and that's been really helpful because i'm the person who's like no it's fine i don't need anything i'm good uh i'm that person and so being, you know, wearing a different hat and being a different person for a little bit has been kind of nice. Just the the people reaching out, the people, you know, just sending, like you said, just sending things, just sending food. Um, I mean, I have, I have so, I have so many pairs of socks. I don't know why socks <laughs> is such a big thing, but like everybody has sent me socks. I have so many pairs of those like comfy socks to walk around in that, um, you know, I love it. And they're all different colors and they're all different kind of, you know, uh, material. And so um, that's been kind of fun. And I have different blankets. People have sent blankets and socks. And so it's been kind of fun to to just say thank you and get all of these different things um, and and connect more with, with, you know, certain people in my life and, um, and, and be the talker. You know, I'm usually the listener. People come to me with their struggles and, you know, now I'm like, it's my turn. So I'm going to talk and it's been weird. It's been great. Um, and so I've been, I've been talking more. I love that. And I think that that's a very healthy thing. And so I, I think that that's amazing. I, I, I love that you're on the cozy list. Those are like usually the top two gifts that I, people ask me, what, are, what does a cancer survivor need? You know, well, a journal is usually up there too, but a journal, a blanket, you know, cozy socks, you know, you can't go wrong. I, I received for whatever reason, I mean, this was like, you know, almost eight years ago, but so many bracelets. I mean, I could have started like my own Alex and Ani store, but I was like, guys, like, you know, it's great, but like, you know, like I had like an arm full of, you know, bracelets, but I, I don't Let know. me say some, something about the bracelets. Somebody sent me, so I have uh, six chemo treatments and someone sent me six bracelets, you know, one of those, like those beaded bracelets. And so every time I go and I have pictures each time I give my daughter one of the bracelets. Oh. And so it's been, it's been a nice, uh, a nice, thing to do through this process and so it's been also really nice because you know my arm was full of 
bracelets, six bracelets can really take up a nice portion of your arm. And so being able to slowly give them to her. Now she's excited because she has a bunch of bracelets and I'm almost done with them. Yeah, I had done some like, um, I don't know if they're like rubber ones or silly ones or whatever they were called, but, you know, kind of symbolically taking one off at each, you know, chemo was like, it, it does, it feels really good. Like there's something, I don't know, just about, you know, kind of transformative of saying like, Hey, I'm moving this and it's going over here. And like, I'm a real list person. So it's almost like this visual of like, you know, moving on, but I love it. And I, the community is such an amazing community. Like I, I mean, I can't say enough about it. Like there are people that just will answer and help and share pictures and, you know, share stories. And I think the more that we share, you know, what a even bigger and better community it is. And, and I, I too feel you can always gain so much from, from every person. And sometimes, you know, you really do connect, you know, just like people, you connect with certain people, obviously, but there, there is a little bit of nuggets of wisdom from everyone. Sometimes people are like four, six months ahead of you. So they can kind of tell you what happened, but then you're kind of in it with someone who can kind of commiserate with you, you know, and then there's other people who, you know, to your point, you just connect with. So I think that there's, there is something to be said about, you know, just this sisterhood that you find in like all these amazing people. And um, it, it is that. Sorry, with that too, also um, different personalities. Yeah. And so like, you know, one person I talked to is like super positive and like, you know, she said the, the most helpful thing that you can do is laugh about cancer. And so I go to her when I want to laugh and when mm -hmm. I want to, you know, just like be in that kind of mode. Then there's moments where, you know, I feel some real despair and fear about what the future holds. I, I don't call her. You know, I call somebody else that I know can be there with me with those feelings. And so I've also, you know, I've surrounded myself with very different personalities uh, that are helpful in different moments um, that I feel like I have someone, you know, in whatever I'm feeling, I feel like I have someone to go to uh, with that. And one of the people, the person who I mentioned is in um my area, she actually has the same oncologist. And so we talked about going to an oncologist. She has the same plastic surgeon. And so we've talked about that. And we have a huge overlap with, with our um, treatment team. And so it's been really nice because, you know, if I'm like, oh, who, who is, you know, who's the person I'm supposed to contact to make this appointment? She knows who it is. And I feel like it's, it's you know, it's even, it, it's been really helpful to have that too. And so I think, you know, the, the network is helpful in general, but also down to the specifics of, you know, with whatever I'm mm -hmm. feeling, who do I want to talk to? I love that. I love that. And for the friend too, who gave the advice on the, just saying, thank you. Like that's, that is really powerful. And I had a listener one time explain it to me and, and I never really had thought of it in this way, but like when someone goes to help, it's truly a blessing to the person trying to help. Like it makes a person feel good when they can help somebody else. Like it's this feeling of feeling good, right? And so you wouldn't want to stop that feeling. You wouldn't want to stop that blessing like from happening. And I was like, I never really thought of it that way. Cause I too, like very independent. I don't want to rely on people, you know, and, and that's okay. But I never really kind of thought of it from the angle of someone who just wants to do something good that day, you know? And so I think allowing that, kind of motion to go through like it was like oh that is really like a beautiful full circle you know when you kind of see it from that point of view so I I kind of loved you know hearing that and I was like yes like that is really good so you know I try to think of it now too you know when people either try to help you or to your point like just sometimes too just simply you know I've been to like more coaching or women's things too and they talk about you know us apologizing or you know I don't know, just as women, we're always trying to like make everyone else, you know, feel happy or do good or whatever. But it's like, just say, sometimes it's just simply say thank you, you know, and like, that's all you need to do, you know, and, and I think that it's kind of a beautiful, eloquent solution to a lot of different things. Yeah, especially after the move. Um, I have a lot of friends who are still in New York. I have friends uh, around the country and they, they can't, some can't. They just can't, and family too, they just can't visit. And I think being able to send something, you know, a meal or a pair of socks 
or whatever it's been, <laughs> I think it's really meant a lot to them uh, to be able to do that. And so had I not said thank you and had I stopped that, I really think it would have been, um, it, it wouldn't have been good for them. You know, yeah. I think that it feels good that they can, that, you know, feel like they're helping and they are, you know, it feels nice. Um, so I, I, I agree with that. I really agree with that. Yeah, I love that. And especially in these COVID times when they, people are more limited in what they can do. So it is kind of the one thing that, you know, one gift that people can give. So I love that. Well, switching gears a little bit into mental health where you've spent a lot of time, your, you know, your career and different things. And now you kind of see it from this, you know, cancer survivor um, position, which is definitely different. So, or maybe it's not different, maybe, you know, but I would think it would have to help you in your work, but also kind of help help you know too and have self-awareness within yourself to say like, hey, sometimes I need help. You know, sometimes, you know, make sure you're taking care of yourself, all parts of yourself. But what would you like to maybe talk about in terms of like how this has impacted, you know, the mental health side of, of, of your life? Yeah, um, you know, I, I think it's definitely impacted my, um, my experience with, you know, now I have a chronic illness. And so um, being able to walk in those shoes, I think has made a, a big difference. I think also um, when I've worked with people, sure, I've asked about uh, the people around them. Um, uh, and so um, I, I I don't, I think I, I look at that a little bit differently. Um, how are they getting support with the people around them? Is it helpful support? Um, are there people that they can go to that really listen to them versus, um, you know, toxic positivity and, um, and these kind of sayings that people, that people share that are often, times unhelpful and, and, and potentially hurtful. Um, and so I think I've also considered not, obviously the person who I'm working with, I'm there for them. I'm listening to them, I'm supporting them, I'm with them in their, on their journey. Um, but I'm there, what, an hour a week, uh, sometimes two hours a week, depending on how often we meet. Um, who's there when I'm not there? And how helpful are they? And what kinds of things are they saying? And do they feel comfortable sharing with them? Um, and so I've also considered the, you know, I, I think support is a big thing. I think it's, it's really important to have at least one person, but, you know, a, a, a people to go to uh, when you're struggling with something. And especially, if, you know, in different on different uh, moments on your journey. And so that's something I've really thought about. I love that. And, it, differently. and I think like the support and the quality of support, like you're, you're spot on with that. Um, it is so important. I love this whole idea of toxic positivity because, you know, I, I'm an optimist clearly like I believe in the glass half full, like, uh, you know, and I, and I tell people you got this or, you know, different things, but there is kind of this, you know, you have to be careful that you also allow people to maybe feel their feelings and be real in the moment. So how would you kind of describe this toxic positivity if someone's not familiar kind of with this term or, or what you're speaking of? Yeah, I think that, you know, I look at toxic positivity as positivity that isn't quite, there's no facts behind it. Uh, for example, you know, people said you're going to be fine. Uh, how do you know that? You know, uh, we don't know that. I don't think it's so helpful to uh, just, you know, live in a world where I'm sure I'm going to be fine. I mean, I, I hope I'm going to be fine. I, you know, I think that there's, there's a, uh, it's a slight difference between I hope I'm going to be fine. I feel hopeful. Um, you can feel hopeful, but also you can't predict the future. And so I think it's really important. Oh, are people saying, you know, through this, you're gonna, you're gonna make it through this because you're so strong. Mm -hmm. We're, you know, I, there are a lot of strong people that struggle through this or don't make it through it. And so I don't know that that's necessarily a helpful thing to say. And so I think, I think be 
being optimistic is a great thing. I think being hopeful is a great thing. Toxic positivity is not a helpful thing. <laughs> and, um, and I think it's really, I, I think that I, I, I didn't realize how much people struggle, uh, the people around a person that, that, is, that, that is going through some sort of illness or some sort of struggle. The people around them really struggle to support them. And I didn't realize how much of a struggle it was for other people. And so I saw that in, in sort of the weird things that people would say to me or unhelpful things that people would say to me. And I'm continuing to see it as, you know, as things open up and I'm connecting with, with you know, uh, I, I've certainly connected with my immediate people, but extensions of that and, and being around certain people that just, don't quite know what to say and oftentimes maybe say things that that are odd or even a trigger and can be really uncomfortable and and borderline hurtful um and so uh i think that was a shock to me um i know you know when i when i was first diagnosed i connected very quickly to a lot of people because I, as i mentioned people you know shared my number and 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 shared numbers with me. And, you know, very quickly, I had um, a network of people, and they prepared me for so much. I mean, it was and, and my husband too. my husband connected with with husbands of, of uh, cancer survivors. And so it was incredibly helpful. But I think no one really prepared me for the amount of uh, bizarre comments that I would hear and the and the toxic positivity that that you hear that also feel it's hard to respond to sometimes to people you know you don't want to say like I'm not strong yeah I'm strong but you know um some of the some of the things that you hear are 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 really kind of again sometimes uh bizarre sometimes hurtful and you know it it can be hard to find a response sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're all going to have to put out a book one day that, you know, or stuff, even more than a book. Cause I don't know if these people would all read it, but like, I don't know, just some, something that, yes, it has to help some, some people along. Cause yes, you know, you know, one, we don't need to hear about your aunt or your cousin or so-and-so that died of breast cancer. You know, that doesn't need to be the very first thing out of your mouth. Um, you know, like you're right though. There are just some odd things and I, and it, I probably have tuned them out of my brain, you know, but there are, there's just awkward, odd, odd things, um, that people have said, you know, and, and I think, you know, you, <laughs> you do, I kind of look back and it's just like, oh man, you know, like it, it's it, what happened, you know, people are just, people are interesting. And I think like it's, but it's tough and, and it can, it can trigger you. It can, you know, just make you go, it can make you feel a certain way. And then all of a sudden it's just like the floor fell out or your stomach is in like the, the pit of your, you know, like that pit of your stomach, or it's just like that weird thing that gnaws at you in the night, you know, like all of those things. Like I just, I can remember all of, you know, all of those situations. So I think I tune out a lot of like, what were they? But like, I remember how I felt, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I the worst is when it comes from someone really close to you. Mm -hmm. And at first, I was going to, I was trying to just ignore it. I said, you know what, I I just don't have the energy uh, to, I don't know, coach them or explain to them how what they say uh, uh, makes me feel. And then there was a point where I said, you know what, I'm, I'm just, I got to let, you know, I got like every week, you know, from some people thinking about you. And at first it was like, oh, that, you know, that feels good. I'm glad they're thinking about me. And then it was like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm doing, I'm still working. I still have a family. I'm still doing all of these things. And it's just like, I don't know if they thought that once I got the diagnosis, I was in bed and that was it. And there was nothing else you know, I, there was nothing else going on in my life. And so I appreciated the thinking about you, but I also, you know, reminded a, a good number of people, like you can, you know, we can talk the same way that we spoke before the diagnosis. You don't just have to send thinking about you texts. And also some memes were really helpful. So getting connected to like the, 
the the like I don't know cancer survivor comedians out there and the memes that they create they were very helpful to send to certain people and they were like oh I got it and I won't say that anymore I you know that I, I had no idea and I, I imagine that these types you know the types of things that I've said have been helpful to them in supporting all people in their life not just people that you know have have previously struggled with cancer or are currently struggling with cancer. I think that there's a weird thing that, that we do in our society. We, we, we struggle to support people and we just want to, you know, make everything happy and cheerful and, you know, put flowers on it and make it all look pretty. And, and we struggle to be there in the tough feelings too. And so um, that it, it doesn't feel good, but it can be so helpful to the person who's, who's not feeling good. And so uh, I think that, that it's helped that the things that I've said to my, um, you know, the people around me, I, I imagine has helped them outside of just being supportive to me. Yeah, I love that. And I know you had a good book that you loved during your um, journey. I had one when I was starting out, it was um, Crazy Sexy Cancer. I can't think of the girl's name right now. It, it, leaves my mind but it it really did teach me a lot of tips like I was kind of like when Instagram was I don't want to say it was just starting but like the whole network wasn't as built obviously as it is today but this book this crazy sexy cancer like did provide me with so many tips like it basically told me like it's not your job to have to teach everybody about cancer. Like you might, you know, teach people about your cancer, but it's also like you're going through cancer. Like, so like you can pick and choose your battles and it gave you a lot of grace and permission. And like, it, it told me a lot about, you know, what, what you could do and not do, or, you know, and basically everything is, is fine and normal, but it kind of allowed me to see the world, you know, through someone who had been through it and, and how they kind of, you know, experienced people. And it was, it was really, you know, a, a great book, but I think you had a book. Thank you for a nice day. Is that what it is? Oh, maybe I wrote that on a different thing, but <laughs> maybe you didn't have a book, but um, like, I, I love that you had, you know, the, the support of all your people too. Like, that was great. Cause it, yeah, sometimes, I, sometimes you just need people that like, just kind of tell you how it is, you know? Definitely. I also think that it's, uh, I think giving yourself permission is a good uh, tip in general, right? Give yourself permission to take a day off sometimes, give yourself permission to, you know, eat a slice of cake if you, if you want a slice of cake. Give yourself permission to not respond every time you get mm -hmm. a call or a text if you're not in the, 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 the mood or, you know, it's not the right time. And also, you know, I, I think, you know, one thing is connect first with how you're feeling. Do you feel up for coaching somebody around you? Do you feel up for a conversation? You know, when I was in, you know, the saddest, saddest times, I, it was not the time to talk to somebody or to yeah. certain people. And so, you know, I think it's really important to first connect with yourself and then decide what you had the energy for, what you're in the mood for, you know, what, what um what works in that moment I think that is really amazing advice like connecting with yourself first and obviously with you and your background like that's that's so amazing um I know like for me it was really helpful to I did like a caring bridge site and had like a blog and so because someone gave me advice that it's just really overwhelming to update everybody. So having this like kind of outlet and it didn't have to be like, you're writing like not a traditional blog where you're writing like paragraphs and paragraphs and, you know, solving world's problems and plugging things, but it could just be like today I went through chemo or today is a tough day, Wh whatever it may be. Um, you know, sometimes it was poems that I would write. Sometimes it was good days. Sometimes it was bad days, but people truly kind of went on that journey and I didn't have to text every single person about, you know, chemo or different things. So people could kind of go to that one-stop shop and like, see how I was doing, I guess, you know, without really me having to shoulder a lot of that work. And it was kind of on, I could post in the morning, I could post in the evening, I could post, you know, whenever it was helpful for me, but that was kind of my way of checking in with myself as well. And then allowing people to have that opportunity to read it if, you know, if I wanted to share that. So that was advice that was given to me that did kind of help me through my journey. 
but you got three kids, girl. So I don't know how you'd have time to do all that. <laughs> yeah, I don't, uh, I don't have uh, time for a blog. But what I did start actually is I bought three, I bought four journals. I bought three for each kid. And when mm -hmm. I think about something, I know a lot of people like create email accounts um, and they like send things to the email. But um, I don't know. I like writing. I like, uh, you know, pen and paper. And so I have three books for each girl. And whenever I just think about something, I don't know, some kind of advice, you know, there something. Anyway, I, I write them a letter. I write them a letter about it, something I'm thinking about with them. And then I have one book for myself. And I've never been like a journal person, um, but I've created a journal through this because there's so many times where you know you're, you have a different feeling or a different thought or I just want to remember that moment and I want to be able to really put myself back into that moment some not great feelings some great feelings but I just want to I want to be in that situation again and so um, I, I started a journal it's been really great and it again gives me one, it gives me an opportunity to, to connect with myself, but then also to like remember what came up in that moment in a really specific way. Um, and so I really enjoyed doing that. And, and typing just hasn't, I like the writing part of it. Um, well, there, well, there is something beautiful. Well, it's like from the hand and the heart, you know, I don't know, like connecting all those things, but what a cherished keepsake, like each of your daughters will have too. Like, that's amazing. I love that. So and then that you have one for yourself too. So I think it will, you know, it will bring you back, you know, the good, the bad, you know, everything in between, but it is, it's, you do kind of lose perspective when you get further out from a cancer diagnosis and not that you want to sit and live in it, but you know, it is amazing how the written word or a song or a memory can kind of bring you right back to that place. And so, you know, there, there's, gifts sometimes too within cancer and, and you don't want to lose, you know, those as well. So I think that that's what a, what a lovely way to capture all of it and, and keep it. And I know your youngest daughter, like you also too almost have this special connection because it was through breastfeeding that you found the lump. I, I know, I mean, if you want to speak to it, but it definitely feels like, you know, she, she feels like your angel to you and you're, you're almost like appreciative, you know, to, to that. Yeah. She saved my life. I mean, this did not feel like a lump. Like it felt, you know, like, I mean, it was a lump, it, but it felt, it felt weird. And I, when they said it was nothing, I was like, of course it's nothing. I mean, what else could it be? Obviously it's nothing. It was, it, you know, it, was, it, it didn't feel like what I imagined. Um, and, and I've shared that with a lot of people. And so I do feel like she saved my life. Um, you know, the other thing I think uh, what you're speaking to we're, you know, we're all, we're all going to die one day. I mean, it's, it's a scary thought. It's something that like, you're not really supposed to talk about, but people talk about it a lot in therapy for anybody who, who is thinking about it and thinks you're, you know, odd for thinking about it. it people talk about it a lot in therapy, but in your average day, you know, that's like a, you're like a Debbie Downer if you bring up anything like that. And so, um, I think having the diagnosis really makes you connect with that more. Like, you know, whether it's sooner or later, it's enough, it, it will happen. It's going to happen one day. And so thinking about all the things that like, I want to make sure I do this. I want to be able to do that. These are the thoughts, I, you know, I, I, the reason I got the books is because I, I would think, you know, I want to make sure I tell this one, this or that one, that and with, with my kids. And I don't have to make sure I, I, I remind myself to do that. I can just write it down. And so I started like writing these letters to them in my head. And then I said, you know what? Let me write them down. What, why, why, why write them? You know, I'd, I'd walk around and say, wow, you know, but I want to make sure that, you know, I, I, uh, I, I when Aaliyah gets older, I'm going to tell her this. So when Juliet gets older, I'm going to tell you know what, I'm going to tell them that right now, I'm going to write it down, they're going to have this book. And and I don't have to remember and use any energy trying to remind myself to, to tell them something when they're older and understand it. And so um, it's been great. I love that. That's really like, what a what a great gift. Um, I, you know, I've read a lot of articles, um, you know, about dying. And I, I think there's so much truth in that, too. Like, just as a society, we don't talk about it. And honestly, 
when with my cancer diagnosis, I found I'm not really afraid of dying anymore. Like, and it doesn't mean if, if, you know, something, some danger were happening, I'm not going to like fight for my life. That doesn't mean that, but I, I now worry about living and it, it, it flips the script, like in so many ways. And so having a meaningful life is, is way more important to me than dying at whatever age it may be. So it, it just changes the narrative um, completely when, when you're faced with something that's pretty scary. And that, I mean, that's my response and that's how I choose to, you know, live it. And, you know, I, I maybe take more risks, maybe more than I would have like in the past, because, you know, you know, life is finite. Like you have felt that life is finite. And so you have to do the things that you feel compelled to do. And so, you know, I, I feel that more and like it, it does, it changes, it, it changed me as a person, definitely this, the whole cancer diagnosis, um, you know, I used to focus a lot more on work. Not that I'm not, I'm still very, very much about my work, but it just changes things. And, you know, you, you have to make sure that you, you and your legacy, I guess, I don't know other way to word, you know, are, are being kind of um, fulfilled or completed or whatever your purpose is on this planet, you know, that you kind of get to it, you know? (laughs) I agree with you. And I think a lot of that comes up uh, when you're in the thick of it. And so it's helpful to reconnect with that in whatever way works for you, whether, you know, it's an online blog or a journal or whatever. But I think as you move away from that you do you 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 disconnect with some of those thoughts of I want to you know I want to be I want to take more risks you know for example and so that's that was one of the the reasons that I said I want to write about this and and I want to write about the the thoughts and feelings that come up that I don't want to forget about yeah I love that I love that that's beautiful and I woke up um I've turned more to writing, you know, because of my cancer. Um, it, it wasn't like I didn't write, but like my work didn't really, you know, other than the emails and, you know, being, you know, good in communication, like, you know, but it, it wasn't a part of my job, I guess I would say, other than just, you know, daily communication. But when I awoke one night and like had a story in my head and it was like the oxygen that I breathed. And if I did not put it on paper, I felt like I was going to die like that was like the intensity that now I feel that a lot in a lot of projects, like, okay, like I have to do this. I have to get this out. And it's hard to explain, you know, and I think you're nodding your head and like from a cancer, you know, perspective, I think people get it, but that's like, it's, it's amazing. Even, even, you know, almost eight years after a diagnosis, I can have an idea and it just fills me, you know, and like, I have to, I have to kind of see it through. And that's definitely something different. Whereas before I maybe would have put it off or like thought about it, or, you know, maybe I'll do this, you know, but there's such a much more drive and desire to like see things through. Yeah, totally. I completely agree. But I love this idea. So if people have daughters, sons out there, uh, you know, even just special people, you know, I have two goddaughters that are incredibly, you know, in my heart. And so I, I send them things, but I love this idea of a journal. So I might, might be starting that for them. So that's beautiful. Mm. Um, so I, I love all that you've shared today. I think that you've given so many tips, um, throughout the whole episode, but is there kind of, um, you know, one, one bit of advice, you know, maybe you've kind of talked about it and want to like kind of hit it home again, but some kind of advice that you'd like to share with the listeners or your Tina tip of this episode? Uh, yeah, I mean, I would say, of course, connect with a therapist and not just somebody who happens to be a therapist, but someone you feel you really connect with, that they really understand you, um, that you can feel comfortable sharing whatever is on your mind and you know they're hearing you, they're there with you. Um, I think that that is, so important. And so you may have to shop a little bit, um, but shop around before you just say, okay, because they have a degree, you know, this should work. Um, if it feels like something's off, look for somebody else just to, to, you know, double check on that. And that's probably, I mean, that's true for anyone in, in, you know, that you're seeking treatment from, um, but definitely a therapist, you really want to make sure you connect on, 
on a on a different kind of level um, and also connect with survivors and connect with survivors in all you know, uh, places on the journey, maybe somebody else who's actively in treatment with you, maybe somebody else who's, who's a few years out, someone else who's made, I don't know, 10 years out, people that have gone through different types of treatment because all treatment looks so different. And so um, what's been really helpful for me is to know that with whatever, you know, a place I am in my treatment, there's somebody I can go that has gone through that, somebody that has had this type of surgery or this type of chemo or this type of, you know, immunotherapy or whatever. And so that has been really helpful. And if somebody's not helpful, just because somebody connected you with them, doesn't mean you have to continue to talk to them, you know, shop around the same thing as with a therapist, I think with, you know, creating a network, um, uh, uh, around you. And most importantly, you know, what I think we said a few times um, uh, now is just connect with yourself, you know, see how you're feeling. If you're not feeling up for something, don't do it. If you're not feeling up to talking to someone at that time, don't talk to them, like really connect with how you feel how you feel physically, how you feel emotionally, what you're able to do, what you're not able to do. That doesn't mean it's going to last. You know, if you're feeling tired and you don't want to talk to somebody who's reaching out to you, you might feel better that the next day, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that now this person's not your friend or you shouldn't talk to them, but connect with how you feel in the moment and, you know, do what makes sense in that moment. Um, and I think that that's really important. You know, I created opportunities to check in with myself um, which has been really helpful. Uh, and I think that it, it's important for everybody to do that in general, but especially if you're going through something like this, uh, really check in with yourself. I love that. I love all, all of those tips. Amazing. So yes. So Michelle, thank you. It's been awesome. Um, if listeners want to connect with you on a social media platform, um, is there any place where they can find you at? Yeah, uh, you can find me on Instagram. It's i.am.mishy, M-I-S-H-Y uh, on Instagram, or you can email me at drdr.m.toussaint, T-O-U-S-S-A-I-N-T at gmail.com. Awesome. And I'll be sure to put those links in the episode as well. So thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. Um, I love all of your advice, you know, on, on connection, connecting with yourself, connecting with others. I think um, the listeners, it'll really resonate with them and, and, and the whole idea of uh, toxic positivity too. So again, like just understanding what is helpful for you and, and what is not so helpful for you. So I, I again, just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for being here today. It's, it's been a pleasure getting to know you and hearing your story. Thank you. Thanks, Tina.